are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 151 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Dylan at your boy on Twitter slash X. I'm here joined by Mr. Harrison Tar. Tar, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. Uh, happy National Championship Day to you. This is coming out a day after the National Championship, so everybody listening to this knows who won already, but unless you're living under a rock, I guess. But uh, getting ready to watch some ball. Um, but before we do that, getting ready to talk some Auburn ball. So uh, breaking news right here before the show. Uh, I know we're ready to roll into uh, some some big headlines here, Dylan. I, I will say, before all that, which was I guess some bad storms yesterday, so if you're in kind of any kind of path of those, I hope you're safe. Everybody's safe in the weather. And if not, uh, you're in our, everyone's in our prayers. Like what? Cover, the, cover the bases. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right before the show came out, or as before the show got recorded, Ron Roberts has been announced as not returning to the team in 2024. He is expected to join Billy Napier and the Florida Gators uh, next year, which is a very very i don't want to call it a, i don't, don't call it a lateral move or i mean it is a lateral move but if he was on the way out the door anyways and that's i mean that's a good gig for him it, it sounds more like a guy jumping ship and jumping on a sinking ship sure that's what it feels like uh but yeah ron roberts is out i came across uh th- this was something that kind of was talked about earlier on was along the same lines as phil montgomery uh, Phil Montgomery and Hugh Freeze already been established as always butting heads. Uh, Wesley McGriff, crime dog, uh, uh, was a big proponent of this with Rob Roberts. Uh, they bumped heads. It was old school versus new school. Uh, and they did not really care for each other, it seemed like. Uh, I don't want to put words in their mouths. It's what it felt like whenever they talk about it. Uh, but he's, got, he's out. I will say rumors are saying that Auburn's going to promote from within. And by promoting from within, I mean promoting a guy who's already who got hired this offseason. Yeah, and and Charles Kelly uh, from, yeah. from Colorado, obviously, a former Auburn athlete. Uh, as we didn't know if you are putting the ball in the team, if you are building suspense there. Uh, I did see some other names that people were throwing out there, not with real traction. Uh, but, uh, I mean, there's going to be uh, – there, there's one blaring name up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, that a lot of people are going to be rooting for uh, to take that. Uh, position. I don't think that that's in the cards. Uh, and, and Travis Williams. Uh, I saw some Zach Arnett's. Uh, you know, I don't think that any Auburn fan would be upset by that. Uh, I do think that it's most likely that, that Charles Kelly gets promoted uh, to the defensive coordinator. But these are going to be two pretty big uh, and high profile uh, hires for Hugh Freeze. Like uh, I saw a great tweet right before this. I can't remember exactly who it was from, but it's not going to be make or break, but people will certainly be paying attention. You've got to go get guys that are good recruiters, but also good schematics wise. Because people are going to be expecting results here in the next couple of years and you want to keep some continuity. So these are going to be your coordinators for the foreseeable future, you would hope. Um, Because if there's one thing Auburn fans are sick of, it is the revolving door of coordinators with no tangible uh, improvement. Yeah, and when it comes to coordinators like this in year two of a a rebuild, really, uh, you have to kind of find your guy a little sooner rather than later. I mean, we're still waiting for for Hugh Freeze to announce who's going to be his offensive coordinator. Uh, we've Derek Nix is still, I think the favorite, but it's been 48 to, to 72 hours by now at this point. Since right. it's been, it's like th- three days since it's been announced that Phil Montgomery is gone. So it's a little weird. that it's not been announced that it could be the guy who's been talked about for the past three days about it. Uh, but you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. Well, no one really knows except for Hugh Freeze. 
Uh, but you have to look at this as it's spring balls right around the corner. You and you don't have a guy next to you as offensive corner. You have a guy who's going to be running that defense. Uh, I don't, I, and I, I, I assume Charles Kelly would just be the easiest hire because you already hired him as insurance already, uh, right from Colorado. A guy who's a great recruiter and was a pretty good defensive coordinator at Colorado. Just uh, he just didn't have a defensive line uh, for the Buffaloes. He's got one now, uh, but offensive coordinator still still a blaring issue to to still waiting for it. And best believe we'll be talking about it as soon as it happens. But yeah, Ron Roberts is out, uh, and we just assume. Charles Kelly. I don't. I don't think I would hate Zach Arnett. Uh, he was a great defensive mind at Mississippi State. Uh, T. Will would be nice, uh, but I don't think either of those are likely. Those are just names I saw floating around in the Twitterverse. T. Will sounds a lot like trying to bring in Damian Craig. Yeah, it's like you just want to bring in a guy. And the issue with I, like I love Cadillac. I love Teron Reed. I love Zach Atherton. They're all very good at what they do. I know T. Will and Damian Craig are as well. It's kind of hard if you build up your entire staff of all of these players, former players of the alma mater, because at some point, if it doesn't work out well, you kind of feel like you're stuck with them. Nebraska took so long with Scott Frost. Right. Uh, and at some point. The only reason Georgia hasn't fired Kirby Smart. I mean. <laughs> exactly, dude. Like he, he's, not at some, he's not done anything at Georgia. Nothing at Georgia. I can't wait for him to leave for the Falcons and and couple weeks right yeah fingers fingers crossed right (laughs) but yeah uh leave us your thoughts who you want as auburn's defensive coordinator uh easy answers charles kelly uh bill belichick might be available i i I about to say we're gonna get like one person's gonna say belichick we're gonna get some t wells we're gonna get some t wells in the the chat um people are going to be justifying charles kelly that's fine i mean i get that i I understand get that uh but it'll uh it'll be interesting to see see where we're People are at coming the next 24 hours. Underrated pick Arthur Smith because he found a way to shut down B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts. He did. He did. Um, that terrorist doesn't have a job anymore. So, <laughs> good lord, thank thank the God above Jesus. That was, that was a long three years, but and yeah, it, it's worth mentioning. What now we talked about someone leaving the Auburn football program. The rest of the football talk is going to be about how Auburn added two. And retained two, so a, a nice uh, positive gain of three. Well, I wanted to ask you real quick, Dylan, before we jump into that. Uh, does this coordinator, uh, I guess, parting of ways with, with Ron Roberts leaving leaving Auburn? And this is a question for me to you, genuinely and sincerely. Uh, well, what impact does that have on guys you have in the portal right now, uh, and, and how does that play out? So, looking at the guys who are in the portal who play on the defensive side of the ball, I I do believe that. So Austin Osbury's already gone. Uh, I'm trying to. Marquise Gilbert, I don't think is coming back. Uh, never really amounted to anything as soon as he came to Auburn. He's now been through two coaching staffs, never really did much. Sure. Uh, Steven Sings, I believe, never really did much. Uh, well, like, I know he didn't do much while he's here. Uh, but the the glaring player is going to be Keontae Scott. Uh, he he was the one who's he was a little upset with with, with McGriff leaving for Texas A and M, and Aggie fans everywhere assumed that he's going to transfer to A and M. I think the exit of of Ron Roberts probably helps your case a little sure. bit uh, because if it's a guy who pushed out the guy that you pushed out your guy, uh, it's you probably have a little bit of beef towards towards your defensive coordinator at that point. Uh, but if Auburn retains Charles Kelly, I know that uh, a lot of people in Colorado love Charles Kelly. Deion Sanders has sang his praise before. Uh, if he can bring back Keontae, I think you're you're 
highest profile target right now in both the high school realm and the transportal realm is Keontae Scott. Because he is going to be your anchor on that in that secondary. He's going to be your most experienced uh, cornerback in your secondary, whether he plays stars, corner, safety, whatever. Because if not, you're most experienced at, at, at the Auburn at the Auburn sphere. It's either going to be Donovan Kaufman, and then right after that, it's going to be Kyan Lee. And Kyan Lee is going to be going into his true sophomore year. So. Uh, or JD Rim, I guess, too, would also be in that as well, but not not all of experience going around there because that'd be that's what I was Kaufman Kaufman's a senior this year, yeah. and then it goes straight to true sophomore and true true freshman, correct? So, got to bring Keontae back, and I, I think you got to do that with Charles Kelly. I agree. I, I, was, just, I was just curious uh, where, where your head was at on that. I'll let you kind of rock and roll with uh, the retention and uh, the positive spin here um, for bolstering this Auburn roster. Yeah, and before we get to the transfers, I'll go ahead and throw out the fact that Auburn did retain two players who were kind of – I know Dylan – started with Dylan Wade, the left the left or right tackle, whichever one he played at any given time. Uh, he sent out some cryptic tweets uh, whenever Phil Montgomery left because it seemed like that was his old head coach at Tulsa, and it kind of seemed like he was a little upset about it, which, I mean, you probably would. Uh, is the guy who recruited you. Uh, he sent a peace sign emoji, uh, not, I think, a couple hours before he announced he was coming back. And then he then <laughs> tweeted out the scene from uh, The Wolf on Wall Street. I'm not leaving. Leonardo Capra saying he was not leaving. So Dylan Wade is coming back. An experienced right tackle uh, who hopefully will develop over the offseason. He had a couple of missed – he had a lot of missed opportunities on the, on, starting for uh, Auburn's offensive line, but the offensive line in general just did not look uh, – as one throughout the majority of that year outside of Connor Lou, who is a dog uh, and is already on pace to be the number one overall pick in a couple of years. Uh, Cause he's just that good. Uh, but yeah, Dylan Wade coming back is huge. Give a vet, put a veteran on that. What could be a very young offensive line uh, and trying to make sure that Auburn can protect their quarterback for once uh, for the first time since 2017. Uh, and also another retention news, Jason Jones. The nose tackle, big nose tackle, Jason Jones, has announced that he got one more in him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he will be returning for another year. Uh, lost out on Marcus Harris. He is going to the draft, and he's going to make some money next year. Uh, but Jason Jones anchors down that front alongside what's going to be a Keldrick Fock. And I don't think we know who's going to be the edge rusher next year. It's probably Jalen McLeod. Jalen McLeod. So McLeod, Jason Jones. I was trying to say McLeod, and then my yawn started, and I just, yeah, I chalked it. But, yeah, two big retention pickups for this recruiting staff because those are two guys who need to anchor down both sides because the games are won and lost from the trenches, trenches. and you have to beef that up in order to to win those battles. But, yeah, huge pickups. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. Auburn also managed to pick up two more transfers, their fifth and sixth transfer of the offseason, starting off with tight end from Maryland, Rico Walker, who appeared in eight games last year for the Terrapins, had four catches, 27 yards, no touchdowns, but did not really get a lot of playing time, even though he was a four-star tight end out of North Carolina. Uh, he's a six foot three, 230 pounds. Uh, dude's He's along the same lines as Ravonna Fairweather. 
and it's a huge pickup for a guy for right. a position that really needs the talent. Uh, I'm not a want to downplay Luke Deal. Luke Deal's a very good blocker, but all you need, need, you, you need other receiving threats. Yep. Uh, you kind of just hope and pray that Brandon Frazier is going to get open. Uh, he's six foot seven. Brandon Frazier's pretty ne- decent hands, but he's so. I think what Brandon Frazier's a tight end four after it was after Fromm too. Yes, and then and. and you're retaining Michael Riley Ducker as well coming back. So this tight end room is going to be a position that you can argue alongside the running backs and DV, defensive backs, a position you don't really have to worry about because uh, Ben Agamawa and Hugh Freeze have really preached how much they really care about the tight end position. Well, I'll get your get your thoughts on Auburn just beefing up that that position because my throat's sore from all the uh, allergies going around. I get that, dude. I'm battling a head cold. My ears are so stuffed up that I'm straining to hear you. And on my end, that's okay. It's not your fault. Yeah, I mean, look, here's here's the reality of things. You, you needed more pieces there with, with some experience, uh, if any, um, at, at that point. Like you mentioned, uh, you've got a couple guys uh, in, in Luke Hill and Brent Frazier that are, that are good blockers. Um, and Frazier, good frame. Not exactly the receiving uh, tight end that you're looking for. Right now, you're just looking for a complimentary guy to one number number 13. Uh, to Rivaldo Fairweather, and, uh, and and a guy that can really learn from him. I think Valdo is going to be very valuable in the NFL at the next level, and I think he'll continue to be a large part of this offense in 2024, just like everybody else. But uh, this, this is this is a good pickup here uh, in, in terms of just beefing up that room and actually not worrying about being able to go four deep. Uh, everyone kind of has a role and has a purpose now, uh, which which works out beautifully because I really don't know that Tyler Fromm really had a purpose, uh, honestly, maybe for the duration of his time at Auburn, except for one catch against LSU. Uh, I'm not. I'm not dogging on the guy. I wish him the absolute best at Georgia Southern, uh, but it doesn't. I mean, it's not like everyone's gonna. Everyone's gonna look back and say Tyler Fromm's time at at Auburn was remarkable. You know what I mean? So, well, wish the best of luck at Georgia Southern. I will say, fun fact about Rico Walker: uh, if he doesn't work out at tight end, uh, he apparently has a very. He has a lot of talent at the edge rusher position because he's also recruited as an edge rusher as well, and he was a pretty physical, strong. Uh, as he called him, a six foot four specimen at the at the edge rusher position, tight end position. So tight end doesn't work out. Throw him on the defense and beef up the beef up the defense line as Bill well. JJ Pekey's procedures flip side of the ball. <laughs> well, I think he's about a hundred pounds too light to be a JJ Pekey. I didn't say the same guy. I meant same concept. There you go. Okay, I, I miss misunderstood you. you said the JJ uh, Pekey's procedure. There. Okay. I yeah, you were procedure part. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm on the same page now. Uh, Auburn also picked up the transfer of defensive tackle from Texas, Trill Carter, uh, three uh, three star uh, defensive tackle. Only appeared in all thirteen games. Got nine tackles, a tackle for uh, one and a half tackle for a loss, and got uh, forced to fumble, but only got one sack. He was a guy who was a depth piece. Got in late. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge pickup for a position that needs beef. Yes. A lot of a lot a lot of beef. Good frame, uh, great name. Continuing Auburn's uh, tradition of of great uh, athletic names. Yeah, I mean, Trill just, is awesome. just just from this just from this transport class alone. Trill, uh, Sam Jackson the fifth. I will say I like the name Gage Keys. It's a good one. Uh, Dorian Mousy. You've got some good names here. Rico, the guy we just talked about. Heck yeah. And then Georgia State wide receiver Robert Lewis. Yeah, no offense to Robert Lewis, but uh, that that name pales in comparison to Trill. All of those pale, pale in comparison to Trill with me. So, yeah, but he had his best game of the season against what looks to be 
TCU, getting a solo tackle, getting and getting his sack as well, and the forced fumble. So, and Auburn has now picked up two deep tackles from the Big Twelve. Uh, Gage Keys being from Kansas, and Trill being from well, I guess Texas one and a half. Big Twelve. One and a half because Texas is now in, is a, football wise in the SEC, especially in the SEC. Uh, I think they're the only sport that's now working in the SEC parameters uh, throughout this off throughout an off season right now. Uh, but probably volleyball. Yeah. yeah, I forgot. I forgot volleyball was a a fall a fall and sport for Sam. There you go. Just prove me wrong. Soccer though, that's probably they'll probably get play. Uh, well, no, they won't play conference games in the spring anyway, so that doesn't really matter. Yeah, I wonder if they'll have uh, the SEC patch on the field. <laughs> the- well, you know, Utah still wears their Pac-12 patch on their recruiting pictures, and they're going to the Big 12. Well, you know, it takes some time for the equipment guys to get that all sorted out. So, Well, you think for recruiting pictures, they already think, have them. Right? Like, yeah, especially for like the a transfer portal. Just a, just a Pac-12 jersey. <laughs> Listen, we didn't Dude, know which conference we were going to join. Was it, so. was it Oregon doing packless jerseys? Yep. Yeah, I was like, someone was doing that. Uh, but yeah, Auburn is now up to six transfer portal acquisitions, uh, all attacking positions of need, getting depth to the tight end position, getting more linebackers. Uh, got two wide receivers and two defensive linemen. Hugh Freeze really attacking the positions that need to be attacked. Uh, still awaiting if it's going to be a quarterback, but I, I think we're going to keep operating on the assumption that it's, it's going to be Peyton Thorne, uh, which I think works out pretty well for the continuity purposes because now you get you're at the position where they say this every show if you freeze wants to build a championship program he has to build that up through developing his own players uh and paint thorns his guy got to develop him holden garner is a harson guy but has quickly turned into a fan favorite uh because of how he practices and of course hank brown and walker white as well coming through walker white though was very elite in the under armor all-american game so it's going to be a lot of fun watching them as they develop as Auburn Tigers. And it's a lot of fun watching Auburn pick up, technically pick up, pick up, quotes, four players in the same day uh, at the expense of losing a defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, this, you make that deal, I make that deal. They have a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, lots of lots lots more good than bad coming out of the Auburn football sphere right now, mostly because they're out of season. Um, so there's a rare a rarity of sorts. A rarity as as uh, as of late uh, for Auburn, and much needed uh, good news and a refreshing moment for Auburn football fans. We're gonna roll over into Auburn basketball, but before we do that, right here on the College League Podcast, I want to remind everybody if you're listening on the YouTube stream. Sorry, guys, I'm fighting through a heady cold. I'm going to try to fight through this ad read. If you're listening on the YouTube stream, make sure you hit like, subscribe, and ring the bell. Give us a comment. Give us your thoughts on who you want to replace Ron Roberts at defensive coordinator, who you'd like to see pop in that OC job, who you think is going to start at every position. Um, give us your full roster breakdowns. Let's see it all. <laughs> give us your feedback on what you guys want to hear about right here on the College League Podcast. Thank you to one, I guess, the Barn Trooper. I almost said his, I almost said his actual name instead of his, uh, his alias, even though I do know who the Barn Trooper is. Uh, thank you for tweeting at us right before the show so we can get some more content. Appreciate that big time, my man. Hope we answered some questions for you. But if you've not already subscribed to the College League Podcast, like I said, please go ahead and do so. Drop us a like. Drop us a subscribe. Ring the bell so you can stay up to date with everything going on right here at the College League and the War Report Podcast Network. If you want to continue to support the show... Oh, sorry. Let me backtrack for a second here. If you're not if you're not listening on the YouTube stream and you're on a streaming platform, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Anyways, give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever the highest rating is on your streaming platform of choice. Share the show with a friend so they can also become a looper. Okay, if you want to continue to support the show, you can head over to thewarreport.com, pick up your very own college loop warpork 
co-branded Feel Movie t-shirt. Comes in five different colorways, $25. The most comfortable shirt you'll ever own. Looks good in your house. Looks good at the stadium. Looks good at the ballpark. Nowhere is not the right time. Even your friend's wedding is not the right time. Is not the wrong time uh, to wear your hashtag Feel Loopy t-shirt. Once you pick up your very own shirt, make sure you use hashtag Feel Loopy. That's feeling without a G on whatever social media platform makes you the happiest, whatever you use the most. Tag us in it. We'll throw it up on the next stream on the next show. We appreciate you guys. Continual love and support. You guys are the reason we're able to do everything right here at the College Loop. So let's get in to Auburn basketball. Auburn coming off of a clean old-fashioned ass whooping over Arkansas. That is what it is. That is the technical term, an ass whooping. Um, and Bud Walton Arena handing the Razorbacks their biggest loss in the history of that stadium, that cursed grounds um, in which they operate and play Woo Pig basketball. Speaking of curses, Auburn's playing an opponent on Wednesday. I almost gaslit myself again and said Tuesday. On Wednesday in Texas A&M that they are 2-8 and eight against in their last 10 meetings. That's what you're determined right for the show, right, Dylan? Yep, that's uh, that's be correct. In the last Since 2016, Auburn is 2-8. and eight. Uh, and currently on a three-game losing streak versus Texas A&M Aggies. Yeah, Buzz Williams has been the Achilles heel for the Auburn Tigers to this point um, under, under Bruce Pearl in large. Uh, and just, just to, be, to be real with you, it doesn't matter how good those Tigers are and how bad those Aggies are. Buzz Williams seems to know how to scheme for Bruce Pearl teams very, very well. Auburn plays very poorly against Texas A&M. Let me not – I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you guys that – there was a year, and that being the Isaac Okoro year, 2019-2020, where Auburn was undefeated at home until senior night when Austin Wiley went out with a loss against Texas A&M. That's a pull for you there, Dylan, by the way. That was a pull. Um, I was there. I was present. I was depressed um, because Auburn should have been undefeated at home that year. What's that face for? You look like you're trying, trying to remember if I was there or not. Uh, I know I was. Um, but a has just done all kinds of horrid things to Auburn basketball, and this is the opportunity for Auburn – to prove that they are different this year and that this is going to be an even better team than expected. Obviously jumping up to number 16 in the AP poll this week, that's nine spots up as Dylan pointed out on our social media platforms this uh, earlier today as we're recording the show. So yesterday's is coming out and this team is trending in the right direction. Dylan's got his finger up. What's up? I just want to say to all you AP voters who currently don't have Auburn in the top 25, I hope you stub your toe. I just want to say thank you. Actually. Um, I love Auburn not being overrated. Uh, I, I think that I don't think they're, underrated uh, i think they're underrated right now for sure but i don't want to uh, i like the climb uh, if that makes I, I i think they were based on the, how the voters disper- dis- dispersed i mean it was the highest voting auburn got was seven yeah the well, lowest was undrafted or if unranked you, if you look at the if you, if you just take the ap poll for well, one you should take it for surface uh, surface level anyways but if you were to pretend that this was that your top 25 seeds in the tournament this would have auburn at a four seed um now we're getting into the territory where we think this Auburn team can be. This where this where Ken Palm certainly thinks that this Auburn uh, team can be, and that's quite literally just a metric. Um, need to pull off a couple more Q1 wins. You can do so as you come down the stretch against AM. And it starts with shutting down Wade Taylor the fourth, who, by the way, folks, is somehow a junior. Somehow a junior. Somehow this guy could play basketball next year. I don't understand. This is the full-on Bo Nick, Stetson Bennett, Hunter Renfro experience at Texas AM. The eighth-year um, junior. Yeah, it feels like the guy has been there forever. He's averaging 18 flat a game, 31 minutes. He's on the court the whole damn time. He'll average just over four, and a, uh, just under four and a half assists a game. I mean, he leads the team in points and assists and uh, and, and steals for that matter, averaging two and a half a game uh, on on the defensive end of the floor. He shoots 27 and a half from three. Not necessarily a huge three point three point threat, but someone you have to keep an eye on. Knocks it down from the stripe. So if you get him, if you hack him on his way to the lane, he's going to convert. 
uh, on, on free points. So you got to make sure you're disciplined. The Auburn's got to stay disciplined in general and keep your bigs in the game. But it starts with with uh, with Wade Taylor the fourth, and then you roll down to forward Henry Coleman the third, who also is second on the team in scoring. So just fun fact for you: uh, twelve and a half, averaging twenty nine minutes, um, and he's only played thirteen of the games at this point this year. But he gets the job done uh, on, on, uh, in terms of uh, on, on the glass. So um, he's, he's he's averaging. I had the rebounds in front of me. There we go. Eight point seven rebounds a game. This is your threat right here in terms of being able to box out. Auburn did it remarkably well against uh, Arkansas. Keep the train rolling and put your foot on the gas. This team's not that deep. They're only going to have about seven guys that are going to play meaningful minutes, and they're all going to play a lot of them. Auburn, you've got 10, sometimes 11, depending on how you want to look at that. 10 or 11 that you can rotate in and keep everybody fresh. Capitalize and make not only beat AM, but make AM beat themselves too. Uh, you're at the level where you can force other teams to play games that are not their brand. Do so here. That's my spiel so far, Dylan. I'll let you go. In. Also learned very recently that Tyrese Bradford is still on the team at Texas A&M. <sighs> He's got to be like 27, right? <laughs> He's at least 30, right? Uh, but looking at this game from a player perspective, this does come down to can Chad Baker-Mazzara continue his terrific stretch of games that he has had. Uh, last game against Arkansas, uh, Chad Baker-Mazzara was one of the best players on the court. Uh, at least top two, what? Can we talk about that weird tee he got first half for a second? I think that the refs now have a contingency plan that they're just going to give him a tech every time he gets a little loud. He trash-talked in Spanish, and then he said he talked to the refs in Spanish to see if they understood it, and they had no clue what he was saying. The thing that I, I think it's stupid, yes. I think it's very stupid. But I think it's also because they know how heated of a robbery that's going to get. And if you, you got to set a boundary at some point, it's dumb. It's stupid. Let the kids play. Let them talk. Especially if it's in Spanish. It's objectively really funny that he trash talked in Spanish and then double checked to see if they understood Spanish. Just to, just see if the Arkansas students actually paid attention. It, if that to, is actually what happened, one. then I'm going to look up and see if SEC officiating pays for Rosetta stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but CBM led Arkansas led against Arkansas in scoring with 16 points. Uh, it's going to be another game where he's going to show off how huge of a pickup that he is. Uh, he's just been one of the best players on the court at any given time. Uh, for no matter who's on, one, of, he's always one of the best players, no matter who's on the court. Even if it's an 85 year old Tyrese Radford and an 84 year old Wade Taylor the fourth. Yeah, and and it's also going to be a test for the Auburn guard play. Uh, I mean, uh, a and extremely guard heavy, not, not a ton of size on this team and most of your points coming uh, from that backcourt. Uh, so this one's going to be on aid on KD on Trey to step up and play a good brand of basketball that we know they're capable of. I would have to go back into the research. I saw, I saw the line earlier today and I don't even want to put an educated guess on it because I remember going, wow, that's good. Aiden all the way, even if he's not scoring his plus minus is nuts. It's just nutty. The dude just makes, makes things happen for his teammates. He's a self, a selfless basketball player. Uh, and and that's really how you take down AM teams. They're going to play this one. They're going to switch between that man and the and that and that two three zone. Um, Buzz has never broken out the one three one. Thank God Kermit's gone, so we don't have to see that in the SEC hardly ever anymore. But he will play out some funky zones, some funky man zone hybrids too, and they'll make you play different brands uh, and and force you to move the ball in positions you might not want to. It starts with the guard play and facilitating too. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at Janai Broom, fifteen points in the year, eight re- eight averaging eight rebounds. 1.7 assists, 0.9 steals, basically one steal a game, and two blocks a game for Janai Broom. Continue to show off how the how 
the media is not seeing you as a top five player in the game that you are. Uh, I think he's fringe lottery. Uh, I think I, he is. I think he's going to wind up being a fringe lottery pick, probably mid teens. Um, this guy really, really has a lot to gain coming down the stretch. Not just, I mean, he's a team player. He wants to win basketball games. Don't get him twisted. I mean, he's also not a ball hog. He wants to get his buckets. Um, but whenever he puts up some shots and he's not finding it, it's ne- it's never he never feels like he's just trying to get his buckets. It's more like, hey, can I figure this out so I can help the team? Uh, that guy is going to be really dangerous if he's playing at the level that he's at right now. Between him, CBM, uh, Trey Donaldson's been great off the bench in terms of making sure there's no drop-off drop from the guard play. Uh, this this team is really built, Dylan, and I'm extremely high on them. I like them ranked number 16 right now. Um, I like them not climbing super, super high yet. I'd like for them to be number one uh, at the beginning of May. Uh, so, <laughs> But this game is going to be a huge statement game in terms of just where Auburn stands as a program, where they stand against Texas A&M. Right. And, of course, where they stand against the rest of the SEC. If they can take down A&M like they did Arkansas, uh, it, it put the whole world on notice about what this Auburn team can, can be if they continuously play at a high level that they are. Uh, because this oh, – I will say also the A&M team did lose to LSU. And I will say yeah. LSU, not the best program right now. Well, shout out uh, Wade. <laughs> Shout out, well, Wade. He, he did make a couple strong ass offers, though. He he, <laughs> sure. Uh, and well, he, then, did. he said he said his own words. He made some strong ass offers. Yeah, it, it only got him what eighteen level one violations. <laughs> Somewhere around there. You, uh, you can't make me laugh when I'm sick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this game is going to take place on uh, well today as the show comes out uh, at eight o'clock. PM Central Standard Time. Auburn currently a nine and a half point favorite against their Achilles heel. This is like Superman being favored against Crypto Knight. That is exactly what this game is like. That is actually a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and if Auburn can get through, uh, get out of t- Texas A&M uh, or get get out of that game two and zero, you're looking at LSU and Vanderbilt uh, before you take on uh, Ole Miss, who you also get at home. Uh, I mean, there's a very real world that this team, if they win uh, tonight as this show comes out. Is 4-0 rolling into Ole Miss, who's coming to the crib. Um, you're getting a revenge game against a couple of Flanagans, and then you travel to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to take on Nate Oates and whatever the hell Alabama's putting on the court and calling a basketball team right now. Can I just say, I know how, I know how, how you feel about Rick Barnes, but I will say I, the huge congratulations to him for ending that very, very fraudulent, undefeated win streak that Ole Miss had. Oh, yeah, yeah. Season. Oh, listen, listen. Here's my thing about Rick Barnes, by the way. Well, since we're on the topic before we transition to Auburn baseball, I'll be very, very quick, Dylan. I'd like for people to be crystal clear. I don't hate Rick Barnes as a person at all. I actually think he's a really good guy. Um, I cannot stand him on the court. Um, I cannot stand the fact that I think he's a really, really good coach and one of the better coaches in the SEC, one of the better coaches in the league. Um, and, and it really annoys me that people uh, – I, I, I think that it's, it's Rick Barnes lovers that really annoy me more than Rick Barnes. Um, because everyone is so anti-Bruce Pearl at Tennessee. I get it. I would be a little bitter, too, if Bruce was having this kind of success elsewhere. Um, but I just I think that it's the entity of, the, of which he coaches that irritates the hell out of me. Let's pump the brakes on uh, Tennessee fans are just a whole other level of hatred towards former coaches. Yeah, no, I know. We, we, we all watched the Ole Miss-Tennessee football game a couple years ago. Brother, brother, brother. If Auburn were to play, if Brian Harson had uh, led any team, it would be no different. I, it would not be that. Yeah, it would. No. Yeah, it would. It would. Well, here's a here's a difference. Here's a difference. 
Brian Harson didn't leave in the middle of the Overnight. night. He just got fired because he sucked. Their Auburn fans aren't going to throw stuff on the field at him because he sucked. Because A, Brian Harson's never going to get hired again. B, I don't think there's a chance if he ever gets hired again, he's going to be on a team that could beat an Auburn team because he couldn't beat most teams with talent. Real. <laughs> so. Yeah. That was a wild analogy, but we went there. <laughs> but anyway. It is time, Harrison Tarr, to give our predictions. Yep. I was about to say that. I was about to ask you a few years. Auburn, Texas a and I'll let you go first. <laughs> 89 73, Tigers. I like another 15 plus in the jungle. 86 70. Yeah. I look, I would feel a whole lot different if Auburn was on an inverse eight and two, uh, most recent, uh, most last 10 against, against Buzz Williams. I think this is, this team's going to flip a lot of narratives this year. They already flipped one. Uh, and, and I, and I think that if they can continue that trajectory, I mean, you can afford to lose a game, you know, you're going to lose some games. It's going to happen, but I don't think it comes here. Um, and I think you extend your, your 15 plus win streak here. I, I just, I feel really, really good about this. I love where this team's at right now. I don't know why anyone in the world wouldn't love where they're at. Every single team that plays them should be scared. And BP's definitely earned uh, a win after three consecutive losses to Texas A&M. This one's got to be personal for him, and and, and I, I would be amazed if we don't hear else. No, and I'm being serious. Like, oh, no, he'll sit there and own it when when people own him. He'll be like, I, I don't have, we don't have success against this program. Uh, and and you know, he even mentioned it ahead of Arkansas, like they they struggled to play at Bud Walton. Uh, he struggles against Buzz Williams, and he said that countless times before. That you know, Buzz seems to have a ton of success against him for whatever reason, even when all, Bruce's teams are clearly better. So, um, yeah, I, I like Auburn uh, to flip the script on this one. Uh, they're due for one uh, and two. Uh, they're just playing really good basketball right now, man. Uh, I know that we can, we can, we're getting to the point where we can nitpick, uh, and that's great. Um, I, don't, I don't want them to play their best basketball right now, but I want them to play very good basketball. I, I would like them to play their best brand of basketball from like the start of March till the uh, what first, second week of April. Yeah, we sleep in May. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want Auburn to start slacking off until like June. Yeah, no. Auburn can hit Cancun that first week of May. I, I, I let, ride out the the that that high all through April and then go hit Cancun after after finals. That that sounds like a deal. <laughs> that sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Uh, and and other great news. <laughs> this is just an Auburn positivity show. Uh, we've not had one of these full on sport to sport to sport where it's been all good news. Uh, D1 Baseball has ranked Auburn's transfer portal and junior college. Uh, cl- yeah, junior college. Yeah, junior college. I don't know why, what I thought JC meant for a second. Uh, recruiting class as the 14th best in the country. And Tarno, you get the list in front of you. Yeah, they did a good job uh, picking up guys. Uh, like, you know, Miami of Ohio shortstop, uh, Cooper Weiss, the real Miami, by the way, uh, headed over to the Plains, and they'll, they'll grab other uh, outfielders like Mason Manners out of uh, Jacksonville State, UAB infielder Christian Hall, UAB pitcher Carson Myers. Uh, th- basically, what Butch and company did was go and plug some holes with some veterans um, and, and go get a group that plugged in. I don't think they were as worried about having flashy numbers in the portal. It just kind of worked out that way. Uh, it, as much as they were trying to find good seasoned experience, proven experience to go along with a very, very talented freshman class and what they've got coming back. I mean, I've said it once, if I've said it a million times, I've said it a million times, I've said it once, Dylan. This team's poised to make a, a nice little run um, this year and 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 see if they can mess around and get back to Omaha. I think it's very much in the picture. Uh, in this, in this tra- it starts with this transfer class. It starts with this, I guess, all newcomer class for that matter, um, if they can really kind of continue to establish that narrative. But I think they've got plenty of talent. 
ample talent coming out of the portal. Uh, and there's no shocker there that 14 sounds right. I really wasn't keeping numbers. I was more or less plugging holes. It's worth mentioning that Auburn tickets, game game tickets are on sale right now for baseball. Uh, and of course, you don't want to pay for tickets there. Uh, there's a lot of nice free seats out in the outfield uh, where you could bring a lawn chair and have a lot of fun because those games are a lot of fun to go to no matter who they're playing, whether it be a midweek or a weekend series. On baseball is a lot of fun to watch. So make sure to go support Auburn baseball, Auburn basketball, women's and men's, and Auburn softball all throughout the fall. Or the I, have, spring. I have a hard time imagining that I won't be at probably three series this year. So I'll let you guys know uh, when we'll be there and y'all come hang out and sit in the outfield with us. We'll be, we'll be chilling. And I have gotten an official notice that I will be at the gym meet on Friday versus Kentucky. Huge huge and i've also confirmed with my girlfriend that we will be in auburn for auburn arkansas and softball to watch the uh revenge game of auburn versus brie well i can <laughs> also mickey, tell you i guess mickey versus brie <laughs> confidently right now i don't know which sec series i'll be at right now but i will be at the red game at georgia tech so if, uh, anyone else with witness who wants to witness let us know i go with dad every single year and we uh my mom sits in between the two of us so we don't punch each other in the middle of the game it's a lot of fun yeah, I hope so. you enjoy another 15-inning game. Lord, <laughs> Jesus Christmas, what a freaking trip. My, you know, my roommate's a diehard Tech fan, too, so I'm, I'm surrounded by pain whenever uh, whenever Auburn loses to a very good Tech team, very good, historically good program. <laughs> it, it takes the sting off a little bit when you know that it's a close game, you took them to extras, and you're playing a program that's probably going to be playing in the postseason. It makes it feel a little bit better. <laughs> so that being said, that's going to do it for everything we've got right here at the College League Podcast. If you guys want to continue to support the show and you're watching on the YouTube stream, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell. Drop a comment on anything we talked about, anything you want us to talk about. We'll make sure we do so on the Thursday installment of The College Loop. If you guys are listening on a streaming platform, make sure you give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever the highest rating is on your platform of choice, and share the show with a friend so that we can continue to grow this fan base, this loop fan base, if you will, or looping, looper family is what I'm going to go with there. That's the right word. The family of, of loopers. You guys are the best listeners in the world on planet Earth. You guys are the reason we are able to do everything we're able to do here. I'm here Sitar at by Sitar the Bird app and on Instagram. If you guys want to come hang out and give me your good takes, your bad takes, anything in between, I certainly appreciate it. Love the interactions. You guys rock. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the natty. You've already watched it. I'm going to go enjoy the natty. So is Dylan um, right after <laughs> we record this show. Dylan, get us out of here, my man. Of course, I'm Dylan. I will take on Twitter slash X. I want to shout out everybody who came to the live stream on Sunday. I want to shout out everybody who's been watching the live stream from Sunday. That, that's up to 1,400 views, Tar. I don't know if you were aware of that. But yeah, shout out to all of y'all for watching that. And I hope everyone enjoyed their national championship, the national championship game. Not there. But because uh, no one from the SEC is in this championship game, which I'm very happy about. Uh, but I, also, about I also wish everyone safe travels if you're driving through the rain, or and wish you safety if you are in a path of anything uh, that's going on. I know it's starting at Mobile and it's going to be working its way over to Georgia. I know I already have a delayed start to my job tomorrow uh, because of it. And my girlfriend luckily got just the whole day canceled for for work. So there you go. She gets to sleep through all of it. So have a lot of fun with that. Uh, but of course, you can find me right here on the College Loop as well. We should like, comment, subscribe. Y'all already have been doing that, and it's a lot of fun. Most, more of y'all should be doing it as well. Uh, and you can also go find us on social media, on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, The Works, all of those at The College Loop. And of course, if tired of our face, it's completely understandable. And if you're tired of seeing our, if you're not tired of our voices yet, you can go check us on the audio versions of the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course Amazon Music. And with all of that being said, 
hopefully I can say this and not be a bad uh, like uh, omen. Go Huskies. Uh, I'm going with my heart here. Uh, I hope they enjoy their national championship. If not, rip. Uh, but with all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast. Love you guys. Thank <laughs> you.